ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You know how much we love to share our favorite books with you here on the podcast. We all love to cozy up with a book and a cup of tea, but the truth is, we're always on the go. That is the absolute truth. And audiobooks have been a really incredible way to keep up with our reading while doing lots of other things in our lives. So driving the kids to school, hiking, taking trips to the dog park, or most importantly, folding laundry. I do not like to waste my time. So listening to an audiobook while I fold laundry makes me feel like I'm doing something important. Sandy, what are you listening to these days? Right now, I am absolutely loving Americana, which is a novel by Chimananda Ngozi Adichie. She was the one who wrote We Should All Be Feminists. That's where I was introduced to her, and I love it. Yeah, that's a good one. And you? I am also reading a novel right now, The Female Persuasion by Meg Wolitzer. And if you have not read this book yet or seen it all over the internet and all over the bookstore, you should definitely download it. It's amazing. You can get The Female Persuasion or Americana or a different audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast, Episode 78, Dana. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery, as well as our guest for today, Dana Goldstein. Dana is a journalist turned videographer and filmmaker, and I think you're going to find her entrepreneurial journey particularly interesting and inspiring. You're also going to get some helpful tips for how to use video in your business. So not only for professional video, but also for things like Facebook Live and social media. Dana gives us a lot of really juicy, powerful advice in this episode. And Dana's personal story of transformation is also really important, and you get a taste of it in this interview. Just the single story about how she came up with her business, which is called Chick Flicks, is really an interesting story about feminism and empowering women in business. I think you'll enjoy the episode. So without further ado, here is Dana. Well, welcome, Dana, to the podcast. We're so excited to have you to learn more about your journey as an entrepreneur, as well as to discuss all things video and videography. So welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So before we dive into tactical strategy today, we want to have you share your journey of entrepreneurship. And I actually don't know the story. So maybe Sandy already knows it, but I'm going to learn it for the first time. So did you grow up knowing you wanted to do your own thing? Or how did this evolve for you? I did not grow up knowing that I wanted to do my own thing. I grew up with my head in the clouds, for sure, and my eyes on a book. 
and a vivid imagination, but never did entrepreneurship ever enter into that picture. And I kind of fell into it when after I had my second child, so I have two kids and they're 14 months apart. Child number one, we had excessive footage and photos <laughs> of all his remarkable feats, you know, the first child. Second child tried to take just as much, but at the end of two years after my kids were born, I had all these photos and all this video and I did not know what to do with it. You, know, you run out of walls pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. So my background is in journalism and I've worked as a reporter. I worked as an editor. I worked as a videographer. I worked as a film editor on major motion pictures. I wrote scripts for documentaries. So I had a whole background in media. And when I said to my husband, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this stuff. He looked at me and he said, aren't you like an editor or something? Really sarcastically. So I started messing around with editing software, which was pretty new and very expensive at the time. This was back in 2006. So to give you an idea, to buy Final Cut, which I did buy, was $1,200. And it was obsolete in a couple of years. Yeah, And it's so much better now with cloud-based programs. So I started messing around with different software packages, trying to edit things, getting comfortable in that space, and then started putting videos together. And I was telling one of my friends, because we had a whole mommy group, and I was telling one of my friends what I did. And she started telling all the other moms, like, this is so good, Dana, you should talk to you should talk to Dana, she'll get all your stuff together. So all my friends started asking me to take all their footage and photos from their kids and create these, what we called, end up calling baby's first year videos. Wow. So, and babies, yeah. So I just sort of fell into entrepreneurship that way. And that company was called Digital Shoebox and it still exists, but only as my parent corporation for Chick Flicks, which is my video marketing company. So Digital Shoebox grew from just doing slideshows of baby's first year into doing slideshows for weddings and parties and retirements and funerals. And then it evolved into becoming a digital conversion company. So people would hand me a box of VHS tapes that they had recorded over a decade or more of their families and their family outings and their gatherings and their kids. And they would say, I would like a two hour DVD. Oh my so I would go through every single minute of videotape. Wow. And those usually those tapes were two hours each. So I would usually have to take maybe 20 to 50 hours and condense that into two hours of watchable content. So you are a queen of curation. You're the one who picks and choose. You get to decide what gets memorialized and what doesn't. That's an That's important a really, job. Really brilliant way to put it. I never really thought of it that way. <laughs> so I I did that for a number of years, and then was digitizing photos and digitizing slides, and that that was a market that did have a clear end, and bigger companies were entering that field who could do it for much less than I was charging. So I was I was actually happy to wrap that 
piece up and sort of step back. And we moved so many times in four years across the country, back and forth. And every time I moved, I had to start the business all over again. So to give you an idea, Digital Shoebox started in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Then when we moved to BC, I started it again, British Columbia. Then we moved to Ontario, I started it again. And when we moved back to Calgary in 2012, I said, I'm not doing that again. I'm starting fresh. So I still maintain digital shoebox. I have, I still have some high profile clients that asked me to do really special birthday videos for the big milestone birthdays. But that company by all, for all intents and purposes is just the parent for Chick Flicks, which I launched in 2012. And the story, I'll tell you the story behind Chick Fil A's because personally, I think it's a far more interesting story than Digital Shoebox. We had just moved back to the city. I started networking with women and women in business, and I had been to this event with a, a group of women, some of whose businesses were topping a million dollars in sales, and not one of those women felt that they had what it took to get in front of the camera. Mm. And I got so angry after that meeting, driving home. I was angry. Like, how, how do we get to that place where we value ourselves so little that we think building a million dollar business from zero to a million in sales is not worthy of sharing? And Dana, what do you remember what they were saying that they didn't have enough of? Like, were they not pretty enough or the bright background? Like, what, what were they struggling with? So they were struggling with, oh, I could never get my, I don't like how I look on camera, or I don't feel comfortable, or I'll sound like an idiot, or what was one of the other big ones was that, who wants to listen to what I have to say? Hmm. That's fascinating. That makes me really sad. It is. It is sad. It pissed me off. And I was driving home after this meeting, and I was getting really mad, angrier and angrier and angrier about it. And I said to myself in my head, there's got to be a company out there that can help these women understand that what they have to share has value and make them feel comfortable getting in front of the camera to do that. And as soon as I finished that thought, my next thought was, uh, hello, that has to be you. So I literally was in the far left-hand lane on uh, a very busy highway that runs north-south in the city of Calgary, four lanes across. And I veered from the far left lane right over to the shoulder because I needed to text my husband. And I pulled over and I texted my husband. I said, I figured it out. I'm going to start a company that serves women business owners, creating video for them and walking them through that process. And I'm calling the company Chick Flicks. And I sat there and my heart is pounding and I can see the dot, 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 the dot, 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 that he's answering me. And I'm starting to get really anxious. Like he's going to tell me to calm down or you're crazy or let's talk about it later or let's get a business plan going. And he just sent me two words, do it. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that it all came together in like a flash of insight. And it's just like the name, the idea. Was it Deerfoot Trail that you were traveling on? Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) So what year was that again? 2012. 2012. 2012. And so have you seen changes in women's attitude about getting on video? Not as much as I would have hoped. There's still a lot of insecurity around getting on camera. 
I always joke and I joke, but it's really not funny. I joke that men will fall out of bed and turn on the camera, but women will take loads of preparation time. To look the right way, to look the part, camera ready. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So we put that pressure on ourselves to look great. Hair has to be perfect, uh, makeup on point, you know, everything clearly thought out and mapped out and planned out. And the reality is that most of us don't have the budget to pay people to take care of those things for us. So Mm -hmm. somebody needs to boost women who own their own businesses to tell them that what you have to say is important and people need to hear it. And it doesn't matter. Nobody's looking at how your hair looks. No, it's so true. We have a client that, and I hope she'll be okay with me telling her story, but we have a client, Nikki Estrada, who does live video every morning at like 5.30 or 5.45. And she literally rolls out of bed and heads into her little yoga room and does her own personal yoga and uh, meditation practice and live streams it to her membership community. And I, I think part of what I think is so amazing about that is that she's not camera ready. She literally comes out of bed and people love it because it's so real, right? And she's overcome that. And I haven't actually asked her if that was a struggle or not, but she does it. And it's amazing. Amazing. I'm extremely happy to hear that. And uh, you're absolutely right. People love it. It's so genuine and it's so real. I want to say though, I think that I mean, my my own hesitation, and I'm definitely more comfortable on camera than I was when I started this company. Sandy, you and I have both like evolved yeah. together, I think, to get comfortable. Yeah, like we don't care anymore mm-hmm. for the most part. But I do think it's an unnatural, it's an unnatural experience to be on camera. I, I think, you know, as human beings, this is something we have to train to be comfortable with because it's not something that historically, you know, as animals, we've evolved to to understand, right? This is really new technology in the grand scheme of things. And so to be natural in front of a camera, I think is something, you know, I also think like we don't need to put the pressure on ourselves to just automatically know how to do it. It's a skill that can be learned, right? Would you you agree with that, Dana? A hundred percent. I often coach my clients who are interested in learning how to create their own video, not just have us create it for them, but they want to know how to do it. So one of the things I tell them to do is get into that mindset that your first six videos are going to suck. Yeah, I would say that's right. Be okay with it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You're not coming out of the gate looking like Marie Forleo or Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) Right. That's so right. You need to be okay with, you know, I'm, I've got to do these videos. I'm just going to do them and I'm not going to worry about all the other stuff. Just push past those initial nerves. And there's, you know, there's this wonderful thing in technology that if you really are unhappy with the result, we have this wonderful thing called the delete button and it goes yeah. away. It doesn't go away forever because it's the internet, but you need to be okay with the first half dozen, sometimes more, being really uncomfortable and edgy. And you'll find your groove. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think everybody does eventually? Yes. I think when we stop trying to mimic others and just embrace who we are, that's when you start to get better. Mm-hmm. I think Jenny's point was really interesting about that this is a very unnatural thing to do is have a camera on us and say, talk and be natural. 
But do you think that one of the things that I always laugh at you, Dana, about it in the kindest way is that you love a microphone, right? Like, so you, you and I belong um, to a, a, a networking group. So we meet every week and spend time together and the microphone is passed around the room and Dana is always like, give me the mic. And everyone else is like, oh God, I got to stand up and speak. And so it's interesting to me that if you own a business now, if you have a business, there are people who are comfortable speaking and all three of us, that would be true for we are all comfortable and love and enjoy speaking in front of groups. But if you own a business, you need to figure that part out, whether you are naturally comfortable with a mic or not. Right. And so it's this new skill set that you have to, and in this day and age, it's got to be on video. You have to be on video for marketing purposes. Yes. I, I'll tell you, I wasn't always comfortable with the microphone. No, that's surprising. Six years ago, when I started this business, there is no way I would have stood in the front of the room and said, I love this microphone. I love that I have your attention. Not a chance. When I first launched the business, uh, my marketing rep sat me down and said, you need to get in front of the camera. If you're going to sell this, you need to get in front of the camera. And I said, not a chance, not going to happen. But she was right. And I did it. And it was awful. She was absolutely right that I had to get in front of the camera. And that first video lives on the Chick Flicks website. It's there for all to see in its horrible glory. (laughs) <laughs> I love that you leave it up. That You know, it makes me think about Toastmasters. Have either of you ever done Toastmasters? No. The, this public speaking yeah. group. So I've not done it. One of my best friends did it, Who who is really shy. Like we were shy together as children growing up and she's a mathematician. She's brilliant, but, but like was pretty uncomfortable with public speaking and, and joined Toastmasters a number of years ago. And I think like she got really, really good to the point that she was winning awards. And I think that there's this idea that, that anyone can become a really powerful public speaker with the right training and the right community. And I think that maybe we need a Toastmasters for video at this point for, for like women in business, right? Because I think this is something that can be learned and something like something that can be trained and something that with community and support, I think part of the reason Toastmasters works, if I'm understanding it correctly, is because you're in a really supportive group of people. And so you just, you're willing to keep practicing and keep practicing because that love is there for you. Yeah, I, I, I would agree, Jenny. And I think that it's so different to learn how to publicly speak in front of uh, a live audience and a microphone versus having a webcam on you. Yeah, it is. Oh my God, it's a different, like there's nobody there and you're sitting in a room talking all by yourself and it is the most artificial situation you could enter into. But yeah, I think that's a great, there's a business idea for someone. But we need So we need a separate club I'm for that. I'm taking notes here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chapters all over the world. <laughs> So Dana, can we switch gears a little bit? I want to talk a little bit more about like technical and and, and video. We ha- actually have one of our clients who asked a question to us in our Inner Circle membership. And I told her, I'm going to ask Dana because she knows all things video. So this teacher is creating a very high-end product. She has done lots of video uh, of herself before just with her and her, I don't know if she, has a, she uses her smartphone or an actual camcorder. But she wants to level up with her video. And so she's asking us, she's creating a high-end program. She wants to know how she can improve her video so that the quality of the video, and she's talking about multiple angles, creating multiple angles and hiring a videographer to create that. So 
what was the what would be the answer? Like, how would you suggest that she go about leveling up her video? Does she need a videographer? Does she need two cameras? Does she or does she need to change anything at all? If you are offering a high end product, then you need to hire professionals because okay. you don't you your video needs to match the level of your offering. So too often I see, and it's funny you should ask this because I sort of went on a little rant yesterday about this. So there's a a crowdfunding platform. There's many of them, but this is the story. There's a crowdfunding campaign ongoing right now, and it landed in my inbox because it's uh, a field I kind of watch, and it's the crowdfunding where you're actually investing in the company, not one of the ones where you're like... Mm-hmm donate some money and we'll send you a t-shirt. This is serious business. <laughs> their ask is a million dollars and their video is self-filmed and self-produced. Mm. And it's terrible. The, the person that they interviewed has zero charisma, no energy, and she's clearly reading off paper because her eyes keep going back to the paper. And it's a big pet peeve of mine. Your video needs to match the level of service or product that you're offering. And I'm a huge proponent of DIY video. We have these powerful cameras in our pockets, these smartphones with these wonderful cameras that can shoot 4K and high def video and the editing apps that you can get that are super easy to use absolutely use it, but there's a time and place for it. So for your client who's ready to up her game, she needs, and she's considering multiple angles, that's not something you want to tackle on your own. You absolutely want to hire the pros for that. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. Can I ask a follow-up question, Dana? Yes. So a lot of videographers for hire, so we've hired videographers for our company for different events and things like that. And I feel like there's like this standard sort of like wedding videographer or like videographer for hire that is not doing these multiple camera angle angles. They're sort of like in the back of the room and they're capturing it and that's what they're doing. And so is there a special kind of person? Because a lot of our clients are, are doing movement-based practice work or they're, you know, they're not just wanting a talking head video. So is there, who do they look to, to hire for that kind of video? Like, are there certain keywords they should be searching for? Start with your community. So the people that you know who are already doing it, start there and ask them who they're using. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. Because to your point, yeah, wedding wedding videographers, they're a special breed. I don't have the patience <laughs> for a wedding. <laughs> I just I don't have the patience to do weddings. So I do corporate events, but I won't do weddings. And the wedding videographer is always on the move, trying to capture the most creative, beautiful angles. And yeah, sometimes they are just parked at the back of the room, but a videographer who is who has a speciality in marketing videos specific for business will understand the needs of, of whatever the client is looking for. They'll understand that 
Uh, if there's scripting that needs to be happened, they'll know what kind of lighting is going to work. They'll know how many cameras they need. They'll know what audio tools they need to use. So when it's a larger scale project, sometimes you just need to accept that, okay, I'm going to have to put out some money to get this done right, but the result in the end will be well worth it. Great. Thank you. And can we talk about live video for a second? Yes. Okay. I would just like to hear your thoughts on live video and content. So I know this is not something that you would have, you know, professionally done, but could you speak a little bit about if you are planning to do live video for your business, some content strategies or ideas? I know you advise on that. I do advise on that. And I have a a package that I created specifically for live video. Some of the tips that I'm happy to give is before you venture into live video, take some time to figure out some basic things. Number one, where are your clients hanging out? If they're hanging out on Facebook, that's where you want to do live videos. If they're hanging out on Snapchat, you don't want to, you don't need to be doing live videos on Facebook. Know where your clients are hanging out, know what they're talking about and see what they're sharing already. Great. But there's more. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Once you've figured that out, you will be better guided to the kind of content to create that you need to create and listen to the questions that they're asking. Right. There's, I have clients who um, I actually guided to, do you know what Quora is? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So I've guided clients to Quora to just look up what people are talking about in their industry and you find incredible ideas and it's easy to create live videos. So one of the, one of the things I also suggest is create a plan. What kind of content do you want to create on live video? When can you do it? And be realistic about that, right? Don't say, oh, I'm going to do live video every single day. If you've never done a live video, that's not going to happen. So make a realistic plan for when you can reasonably show up live on whatever platform and give yourself permission to skip it if you have to. And when I say that, I say that because sometimes life gets in the way And sometimes you just, I have no content, right? I'm not really sure about the topic or I need to, I need time to do uh, more depth investigation and discovery. Just take the, take the time to do that. Can I ask a question? I don't, I don't know if this is something that's universally applicable, but it's a question that comes up for us a lot with respect to our, just our presence on social media in general. To what degree do you recommend that clients showcase a peek into their lives or sort of the background of their business versus serving as an expert and answering questions. Because to me, like if we just pop in on video and all we're doing is is strict business, I feel a little bit like like not a human being to the people we're talking to, right? Like on the podcast, we're very human. We're sharing stories. We're, you know, essentially talking to each other and we're very close friends. So I think who we are as people comes out. But on video, very often, it's like strategy one, strategy two, strategy three, here's what you should do. Here's your next step. And like, how how do you advise that business owners like us weave in personal narrative into, into video? It's an excellent question. And there is a lot of room for personal content. And it needs to be part of your strategy. And you have to figure out what kind of 
What pieces of your personal life will make a connection with your audience? And it could be something as simple as, here's what you didn't know about me, or setting up for an event, or going from point A to point B, or I tend to do video rants on Instagram and I get great engagement on them. Like when something fires me up, I just got, I'll go in. I know, I know my market and I know my audience and I know that Instagram is the place where I go to let loose and I get great engagement and great response from that. Would I do it on Facebook? Probably not. Although now, you know, everything is shareable between Instagram and Facebook. But is there a magic number for percentage of how much personal content to structured content? No. Go with your gut. And if you find something amusing or eye-opening or you think your audience would really appreciate knowing or seeing or learning about, then absolutely throw in personal content about it. I mean, one of my, I'll tell you, one of my highest performing videos was on Instagram when I was just, my son took a picture of me in the morning and sorry, it wasn't even a video. It wasn't, I did a video and I did a picture. So I did a photo and a, a picture and my son took a photo of me and said, mom, you look like you're deep in thought. What are you thinking about? And I said, I'm just thinking about work stuff, but I went on to do a video about how the photo in contrast to the photo the day before where I was like happy and smiley and everything was awesome. And the photo the next day was I was more introspective and I was kind of looking off into the distance, but I was wearing the same shirt that I was wearing the day before. So I did this video about how, you know what, in business, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, right? I'm wearing the same shirt that I wore yesterday I'm telling my son, oh, I'm just thinking about work stuff, but really my mind is reeling with challenges and how I'm going to overcome them and how I'm going to grow and how I'm going to pay my bills and all these deep thoughts that entrepreneurs have, but nobody ever really talks about. And it went crazy. People were like, oh my God, that was me. I I had people telling me I cried every single day in April. Hmm. So I th- I think that's interesting because it's you're not sitting down and planning and you know strategically planning out the content for what you think will get engagement. It's very reactive, it's very in the moment, it's very natural. It's the real you, right? Yes. And uh, people respond to that really well, and that's it's become part of my strategy, but not that I wrote down on a piece yeah. of paper anywhere. That's just, it's who I am and it's how I share and it's how I choose to show up. So in any given week, you could find a video for me on how, how to copy your, how to embed your live video from Facebook into your blog on your website. And then later that week, I'm like tearing my hair out, ranting about some silly thing in my industry or something that's sucky about business or celebrating something awesome. Mm -hmm. I I think it's an interesting comment or a way of, of, of approaching social. And it's something that I think Jenny and I are finding is our way too, because I am so much more comfortable. Like right now I feel this and I want to tell everyone and then I can do a very authentic, real post about it. 
Whereas if I try to like even plan out a week or more, it, it's such a struggle to have two thoughts at one time, which is kind of sad, but it's, it's like so much wrapped up in my emotion and what I'm actually feeling and going through as an entrepreneur in that moment. And I can't recreate something for next Wednesday to talk about. Like it just isn't in me. So I'm really struggling with that. And even our podcast, we have a Trello board full of topic ideas that we kind of, you know, sort of put down throughout the week. But when we go go to sit down and record something, just when it's just Jenny and I, it's like, you know what, I'm thinking about this, let's do this. And we never seem to work through those topic ideas because they're not in the moment. So it's just, I think it's an interesting approach and one I think I will embrace further. It's a great, it's an approach that works for podcasting, for social media, for video, for blogging, right? Sometimes you've got it in you to write that epic blog post. And sometimes you're like, mm, yeah, no, not so much mm-hmm. this week. That's right. That's right. So We're when, human. Right. We're and when you beings. put these unrealistic expectations on yourself, you're destined to crash, which is why I like to say when it comes to a video marketing plan, make it realistic. If you are comfortable showing up once a month, that's okay. It's not going to be like that forever because the more comfortable you get, the more video you're going to do because you're going to see that your engagement is going to go up. And especially with with content that's so raw and shares emotions or thoughts or feelings and isn't all about selling or strategy, that kind of content is crazy for engagement. People want to know that they're not the only ones. Yeah, absolutely. And we're now in this huge culture where we share everything. Which in and of itself is a conversation. Yeah, that's a separate <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so Sandy, should we move into the Proust questionnaire? Yes. I know that Dana listens to the podcast, so she is ready for this. So it's kind of so cheating. Tell- <laughs> yeah, because she might have pre-thought these answers, but that's okay. I actually did not pre-think okay, these good. answers at I want all. them to be yeah. reaction. Your reaction. Yeah. Okay. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Sitting in the woods in the early morning with the sun peeking through the trees and a really good cup of coffee. What is your greatest fear? Bears. Which living person do you most admire? My husband. What is your greatest extravagance? Getting my nails and hair done. Which words or phrases do you most overuse? Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) What do you consider your greatest achievement? Moving back and forth across the country and keeping my sanity. Who are your heroes in real life? My One of my best friends, her name is Stella. What is your greatest regret? That I didn't start my own business sooner. What is your motto? My motto is just go out there and be. Nice. Thank you, Dana. Okay, so now we're going to move into the joy and hustle. So please suggest a resource that our audience can enjoy and also a tool to help them hustle. My greatest joy right now is Google Home. And I don't know if any of you have that, but I love that anything I need, I can get from Google Home. I can uh, wake up and say, okay, Google, good morning. And Google will give me everything that's on my agenda for the day and the forecast and the news headlines. 
So that's much like Alexa, right? right? But I think that we can't get that in Canada. So that that's why we have Google Home, right? Alexa is now available in Canada, but Google Home was available first. Right. Okay. Um, An amazing tool for anything. Like if I need to know how long it's going to take me to get downtown from my house, if I leave in five minutes, or what is the best shower cleaner I can buy? Or what's the long-term forecast for any city? Or make phone calls, hands-free phone calls. And here's the best thing. This is my new thing. We got Google Home probably about four months ago. And a month after that, I discovered I could say, okay, Google, play Soulful MBA podcast. (laughs) And it does. It plays the most recent podcast automatically. Oh my God. That's so awesome. It's a little tricky with Alexa. So maybe I need to switch up to Google Home. Yeah. It's awesome. So when I go into the kitchen to start dinner prep, I can have the Uh, podcast play. That is great. That is great. Everyone needs a Google Home. If you are an avid podcast listener, you heard it here folks. Okay. And yeah. and I, I, I do want to add one other thing is that Google Home also integrates with all automations in your home. So you can do lights on and off. You can lock doors. Like if you're up in bed and you think, oh, did I lock the door? And you have a smart lock on your door, you can ask Google to check if the door is locked. Huh. Smart. Smart Everything. robot. <laughs> and my hustle, right? So my hustle would have to be Dubsado, mm. which is a, a CRM system for artistic people and creatives. So in that community, there's a lot of photographers, videographers, graphic designers, there's doulas, there's mostly service-based industries. And what I love about Dubsado is it, it has simplified my proposal process because I was able to create templates with my logo and my branding and beautiful images in it. And it's, it's kind of pretty, I think. And it shaved probably 45 minutes off the time it takes me to write a proposal. That's great. I've heard really good things from others about it too. So yeah, everyone speaks very highly about it and the people behind it. So that's good to know. And it's another bootstrap startup. Yes, so it is. They are exactly. fans automatically. <laughs> they, they actually have a really beautiful Instagram too for a technology company. I always admire what they do on Insta. But. Yeah, it's a, it's absolutely such a great story how they started. And they are probably, and I've, I'm sure like you, have used many CRM systems trying to find the right one. and. Rebecca and Jake, who run Dubsado, are so responsive. You ask a question, they answer it. And they've grown so fast in the last year and a half to two years that they don't need to be there all the time because the community is so amazing that if you ask a question, everybody's got an answer. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So where can people find you if they want more about Dana? You can find me at chickflix.ca. So that's C-H-I-C-F-L-I-C-K-S dot C-A. And on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Awesome. And Thank we will you, include Dana. links in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Dana, for your time.
Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business but don't know where to start, to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free. Thank you.